I have children that I want to go home to, so I want to be as skilled as I can to know I can be as safe as I can. I don't think I would feel comfortable doing the job I do without the skills that I have. In the jiu-jitsu gym, people aren't going to try and bite me or stab me. <laughs> you know, that's a possibility when I'm at work, you know. So you have to take those things into account. But having that ability to just be, be comfortable, I'm comfortable with most situations. I'm, I know I'm not very big and I know I'm not that good at jiu-jitsu. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a black belt by any stretch. But I know I have enough skill that I'd be able to restrain somebody long enough for somebody else to come to keep myself safe, to keep them safe and the public safe. I'll just say Elaine Cook, welcome then. And I realise I've done dozens of podcasts now and this is the first one I've done with a police officer. Okay. And it's nothing nothing personal, it's just, just, the, just the way it's gone. <laughs> You, how long have you been a police officer? Two years now, you said. Two years, yeah. Did you ever, as a, as a kid, did you ever see yourself being a copper? No. No, I didn't see myself as a copper three years ago, <laughs> if I'm honest. But it definitely suits me down to the ground now. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. But no, it wasn't an aspiration. I didn't used to dress up as a police officer, be a little girl or anything like that. It, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but it, it worked out for the best. <laughs> and how's it been? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's... I. The way they changed the way that police officers join now. So they want everybody to have a level six education. They want everybody to be a professional that is a police officer. So if you don't have a degree coming in, you have to do a degree. So they run it alongside your starting. So I'm sort of in the middle of a degree at the same time, which is different. I'm 36 and I haven't got a degree. There's a reason for that. I didn't want one. So having to having to sort of jump over those hurdles and almost learning to be a student at the same time as learning you know all the bits and bobs that you need to know to be a police officer is a challenge but I'm, I'm two years into a three-year degree so I'm nearly there I've just got to get to the end <laughs> okay and what's how long does it take from when you decide to become one and sign all the forms and stuff how long before you actually start going out on the streets how long is well when I joined it was obviously Covid so it's slightly different process um once you've passed all, all you know you have your interview process um and there's some testing there as well that you have to pass um and then once you've passed vetting and, and your medicals and things like that which I was actually shocked at how easy like the fitness test is and things it's 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 like 5.3 on the bleak test which is running to your car and back if you you know can't get a space at the supermarket it's about three and a half minutes or something Oh, the bleep test. I, remember, I haven't done a bleep test or school since school. That's low, is it? So yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been different, so different departments. So, for instance, the armed response unit, the dog unit, they have to pass a, a, a best, you know, a harder fitness test. But just bog standard PC, it's very low. It's not. You don't have to do any sort of functional tests, which I thought thought you'd have to, like running in kit or you know lifting something or doing some sort of functional fitness but it's not it's just it's just the bleak test but I think they've done that to try and encourage a wider range of people to join so people that you know not every police officer has to be Rambo I, I want to be but not not all of them have to be so um yeah I think that's to encourage that but then once you've passed all of those bits you you go into initial training when I started it was nine weeks so you have nine weeks um initial training and you have to pass an exam at the end of it and you do, sort of do scenarios and things like that. And that's when you have your personal safety training and, as well. And then you're sort of let, let loose on society 
but you'll be the coach. So you're with a PC that's that's qualified or has been a PC for a certain amount of time. Um, you're with them for about 10 weeks until you've you have to evidence, you know, that you've been to a certain amount of incidents um, and your coach thought that you dealt with it satisfactorily. And um, so, yeah, you do that for 10 weeks and then you're then that's it. And you're, you're let out, you're loose, you're independent police officer. What's it like the first having not, as you said, not wanted to particularly to be one as a kid? What's it like when you're first going out in that uniform? What's it feel like? Um, yeah, it's I just sort of fitted into it straight away, really. I mean, as I said, I came from fire. I was a firefighter previously. So uniforms and stuff I was kind of used to and, and being just told what to do and doing it, you know. But, yeah, I think I hadn't realised how varied the role was I think if you're not if, you, if you're not in the police or you haven't had content because most people live their whole lives and they probably won't call the police that you know maybe if their shed gets broken into um, or if they're in a road traffic collision that's about the only time an average person is going to have contact with the police um, it certainly was from my experience anyway and for me too yeah I mean yeah. I, I didn't I, I it wasn't until it's through martial arts I know lots of police but until then, I think, yeah, only in their line of duty, you know. I think I was shocked at the amount of sort of mental health and things that we deal with on like a regular basis. It's a lot of welfare, which I hadn't realised is, you know, that burden is on police as well. And, and I don't think people understand because that can take hours of your day. If you're dealing with someone that has mental health issues, um, you can't just leave them, you know, because we're the last people that they've been in contact with. You can't, in case something happens, you can't. You can't leave them. <clears throat> but obviously we're not necessarily trained mental health experts. You know, this person can be in your care for, for hours until you can get a mental health expert to, to come and join you. But obviously every sex, every every resource, ambulance, you know, mental health teams, uh, hospitals are stretched, aren't they? To, to breaking point, aren't they, at the moment? So the police are the same. And I hadn't. So when you think, oh, the police haven't come and, you know, my bike's been stolen and no one's been round. And you're like, yeah, no, it's because I've been stopping someone jumping off a bridge for the last like five hours. I didn't know that until I joined. And it's such a massive part of what we do. So it's just that someone's in difficulties or might be causing concern to members of the public and they call the yeah. police just because that's the first person you call. Is that Yeah, we, we generally get there before ambulance. We generally get there, get there first. And obviously police have certain powers. So it used to be when, you know, when people you say, oh, someone got sectioned. That's what it's, it's, it's called something different now. But, you know, police have the power to do that. So we can, you know, we can detain people under mental health acts and things like that just for their protection, you know, and for the public's protection. But that takes up a massive part of I hadn't anticipated that that, would, you know, it's almost daily that we deal with things like that. It's not just theft and assaults and things like that. It's it's lots of varied varied jobs did it the with the mental health thing did it did it um surprise you the extent to which you know yeah. the, the amount of people suffer yeah like, like I said, it's daily it's daily um it happens so you know you'll get like a high risk missing person so we obviously we deal with missing missing people as well so you know if, if someone's threatened to take their own life or has gone missing and somebody's worried about their mental welfare then that can be the whole shift is looking for that person you know, until they're they're found safe and well, because it, I mean, like I said, it's a daily occurrence. It's a daily occurrence. It must be so difficult that because I mean, you're you're feeling you need to do something, but as you say, your training is fairly limited for that. Yeah, 
I mean, I guess I'm lucky because I've, I've come in at a, a later stage of my life. So I have got life experience. You know, I've, I've been through stuff myself so I can talk to people. So having that that human part of yourself, I think, is what is it's what makes me good at my job. I think because I can just I can just talk to people normally. There's no amount of training for that. You can either talk to someone or you can't. You know, I'm not reading from a script. So I'm not implementing things that have been taught to me. It's just through my experience with talking to lots of different people in my life and having the ability to empathise. Yeah, I think that's that's what all you need in those situations is just to be a human being before you're a police officer. Yeah, and perhaps for the rest of us who as we were saying, don't have loads of contact necessarily with police officers, it's probably easy to forget that that's a human being, you know, and that because you see their uniform and you know they're there to do whatever job it is. And, yeah, you might forget that police officers are human beings. Yeah, I'm quite good at reminding people. I'll start start cracking jokes (laughs) pretty quickly, yeah. We try and keep it light. yeah. (laughs) because <laughs> you say so you said you're already in your 30s but there must be some people who are kind of look about 12 to you when you were training did they yeah yeah I mean I think the youngest person we had had he just turned 19 when I started when in my sort of intake of, of police officers yeah and especially with lockdown it's things like he'd never been out clubbing you know he'd he'd never those almost intense situations where there could be like a fight in a club or you know someone's being rowdy they're just not they've just never been around that so that's like a whole new new world as well you know and you can tell by some of the questions that they ask you think you, you've never had, had an argument let alone you know anything else but it doesn't mean they're going to be bad police officers I, you know I, I, it just means that I think I would be at a disadvantage if I didn't have the life experience that I have coming into the, the role that I've got um because I have to learn that on the job but I mean, my my coach, for instance, he joined when he was twenty, and he's an amazing police officer. He he's he's he just knows everything. He's very good at taking control of a situation. So yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean that they can't do the job. But yeah, some of them, I think, if you pulled me over, I probably would <laughs> probably ruffle your hair and send you on your way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god, it's weird, isn't it? So how long were you um how long were you in the fire service for? About two and a half years. I think the public perception is probably like that people are nice to firefighters and yeah. nice to police. Is that? Is that yeah. That yeah. I mean, I'm quite lucky. Like I said, I, I, I like I like a bit of banter and I can I can take a joke and I can I'm pretty good at taking the mickey myself. So I don't get that bad a response from from people that I meet as police officer even if we're arresting them I I, you know and if they are nasty you just don't listen to them so I haven't had that many bad experiences but yeah I think as you see less people as a firefighter though you you don't really see that many people if it's if it's a big incident like a house fire generally the police will be clearing people we're just dealing with with the incident itself and then moving on and if we're dealing with a road traffic collision if there are injuries we sort of do we do best we can and the firefighters have a much higher level of sort of first aid training than police, but the ambulance come and they sort of you, you sort of shift them on to them so you can deal with the nuts and bolts of, of what's happened. So yeah, so that's what I found as a firefighter is you you sort of rock up to to an incident or to a problem, you you fix you patch it up and fix it and then you go. So you never know why it happened, you never know anyone that's involved. You just sort of 
deal with it and then you move on to the next thing so what I like about the police is you know I find out why that happened and about you know help the people after that point so even though people sort of think firefighters as their rescuers which they they are it's it's they don't have that aftercare you sort of you're, you're moving on to the next one straight away has the perception been different to what you thought it would be as a, as a police officer you kind of you've been quite pleasant. from the public yeah is it, is it is it as bad as we might think or do... I can't say that I personally have had a problem I'm, I'm a city police officer as well I, I, I police in, in a in a big city sometimes I'll go into a situation and people will be guarded instantly and as soon as you start just talking to them like a normal person or say to them I'm only here to help if you don't want my help I can leave you know <laughs> you've called me you know or, I'm here to help you if I can. Then people's guard comes down and, and they start realising that I don't want to get anybody in trouble. I'm just here to sort of, you know, protect protect everyone that I can, really. I suppose most people are genuinely quite reasonable when it gets down to it. It's probably how, what it's, it's the sort of initial thing that will come out of there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, we are stopping people doing what they want to do. I think a lot of the people that don't like us, generally, it's because, you know... Unfortunately, you can't deal the drugs. We are going to have to say no. <laughs> you know, I know you want to, but I can't let that one. I know you're just having a bit of fun with your drugs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're not allowed to buy the moped without a helmet on and rob people. You're just not. So, right, yeah, people yeah. don't like us because we're because we we're stopping them doing what they want to do. Um, and nobody likes being told what to do, do they? You know, so so yeah. So there are an element of people that that don't like that, and obviously we get regular people that we deal with and they know they know our powers and they know um what they can get away with and what they can't get away with because they just deal with with police so much so it's just sort of yeah just keeping your wits about you so you know when you're getting fed a line or not you know um but yeah I just try to treat everybody the same I don't judge anyone I just just treat everybody exactly the same you know but I'm very lucky that I've I've through my life experiences and you know jujitsu and things I've had interactions with loads of different people from every different walk of life so you know I can I can kind of find common ground or I can understand someone quite easily from different you know different backgrounds or so you need to be nice but when they when they sort of want to live in a world where the law doesn't affect them to remind them that you you do actually have a job to do yeah yeah, like I try, you know, I'd be, I'd be as nice, uh, as nice as they allow me to be until I'm not, you know, until it gets to that line and like not nice anymore. People live in chaotic lifestyles and that's how they, they what they choose to live. But unfortunately, once we're involved, we're going to stop them doing it. It's just the law which we, we uphold. But yeah, so that's when they generally don't like us. <laughs> yeah. And it must be because all these like drug problems, problems with deprivation and mental health problems, I guess they're all kind of bleeding into each other and you must be going into situations where you're thinking there's a bit of everything going on here you know there's yeah yeah all all the time most most jobs that are multifaceted you know and you have to think you the general member of public would think of things as you have your you know you have your suspect and you have your victim whereas a suspect can be a victim you know it's if if it's especially you know if you think of things like county lines where you have children running drugs or involved in it inherently by the fact that they are children they are victims because they're a vulnerable person and they're obviously you know they're being exploited somewhere along the line and it's important to remember that even when they're you know gobbing off at you you know in their I'm only five foot two so they're here and you've just got to remember that it's not as black and white as that 
it's not as black and white as they're the bad guy and they're the good guy. Life isn't like that, is it? In, in every instance, there's, there's shades of grey. So it's just going into a situation, keeping an open mind and thinking what is actually happening? You know, what, this, this on the outskirts, these are the outline of, of the incident. But why has that happened? What has led for this to happen? And we, we document all of that, you know, or we, we, we're meant to anyway, to build a bigger picture. Because then you, you, you can safeguard everybody involved. The amount of, the amount of times I, you know, I'll arrest people and they'll say, oh, this is this person is, you know, this person keeps doing this to me. They keep saying I've done this. And even though I sort of say, you know, I know it un- feels unfair that you're being arrested. You have to see it as it's, it's our opportunity to investigate. So you are going to be interviewed and, and you get your opportunity to tell us your side of the story, which will be investigated. And also it gives people almost, a, you know, a sort of free legal advice because they can have a duty solicitor. That's their right. So they, they'll have that that legal representative to you know chew their ear off for as long as that they'll allow them to. We'll get to the bottom of it sort of thing. So, yeah, I, you just got to go into everything with that mindset of, you know, unless, you know, the person is a bit of a wrong one, and then you just like to get in the van. <laughs> get in the van, we're going now. <laughs> Yeah, you got to have your line, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, def- definitely. And you can't move from it. You have to have, you have to, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a mum as well. So I've got the mum voice so I can tell them off. And it's in, and they'll. They, work, does it work with the naughty kids on the street, the mum voice? Yeah, it works with the six foot four guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 You just, just that, you know, I try and remember that, you know, I am the consequence something's happened and I am the consequence of, of what's happened. And so what I'm saying is going to have is, is happening. You know, I'll be as reasonable as possible, but this is the outcome. Doesn't matter if you like it or not, it's what's happening. And you just got to have the confidence in yourself that when they're, you know, no, I haven't done it or they did this or you, you know, I can't, you can't take me because of this and blah, 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 which they've, you know, got rehearsed. Um, you know, you, you just don't take that on board. You know, or you just say, I've noted it. We'll tell custody when we get there, but you're getting in the van whether you like it or not, really. So, so when you said I'm the consequence, you mean like if if it wasn't for this bad thing or this thing you'd done, I wouldn't be here. So the only yeah, way- yeah, 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 precisely. Yeah. You know, like I said, they you know that we stop people doing what they want to, what they want to do if it's against the law. So if you this this set of circumstances have happened, I'm I'm here now, and what I'm saying is, is goes. You know, I'll listen. If my choice is the end, there's no amount of negotiation with that. And I think, uh, you know, especially with younger people that join, is having the confidence, but just talking to people that are older than you, because, you know, you inherently respect your elders, um, that it doesn't matter. You know, you're the police officer, so you're in charge. So that's that. It doesn't, bottom line, you know. And sometimes, however friendly you can be, you're there to spoil everyone's fun. Exactly, exactly that. Yeah, I do it in a friendly manner. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to spoil it. We can have a laugh in the van on the way back, but um, <laughs> that's about as much as I can offer. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Like, I think this probably comes up in everyone's work. If you see something on TV, right, and someone's being arrested, it's also quite serious, you know, because the the police are cross because these people have done something bad and they get them in the van. In in, I, I can only think of like my own profession in journalism right when you're in the newsroom and there's, and there's a disaster and, and people have died and stuff everyone's pissing around because they're at work right so and, and and medical professions professionals i understand you know when they're doing an operation they're all having a laugh and so i expect with you if you've arrested someone there's no merit in carrying on in like being cross with them is there you may as no. well yeah we, we, we have all we have all i have all sorts of conversations in in you know because 
what what the TV doesn't show you is when you arrive in custody with your detained person, you can be sat in what's called the holding cell before they see the custody sergeant. You know, like in 24 hours in police custody, they go up and talk to the sergeant and get booked in. You can be in that cell for two hours. So you're just like... Before they talk to anyone else. Yeah, so you're just like, if you're choosing to take the hard line of, you know, I'm not not talking to you, it's a long two hours. So yeah, you, you you can have... And I don't, you don't know these people. You don't know what they've been through. You can't judge them just because they've done something horrendous or not that horrendous, you know, whatever you you deem on your moral scale. You you can't judge them because they, you know, they might not have done it or, or you don't know what's led to them to have done it. So, yeah, I just, and I like to have a laugh. I like to have fun. I like to, you know, come out smiling at the end of the day with my job. If I can, then I'll just, yeah, I, we, I mess around. Take the mickey out of them a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Well, because if you're stuck there with two hours, even if they're cross at the beginning, it's a long time to stay cross, isn't it? Presumably they're like kind of, they're over yeah. and then they're... Yeah, it depends. It, it. Yeah, it depends. You can have people and they will kick off and you'll have four officers trying to re- restrain someone for two hours. And you think, I would be knackered. You know, a 10 minute round is hard, isn't it? So you think you've been kicking off for like 45 minutes. How have you got the energy <laughs> well, we need to well maybe that maybe that's the time this is the time we need to talk about fighting then because this is how we this is how we got introduced to each other through a charity that i'm involved with and you've been involved with a bit called reorg which uses jiu-jitsu and other sports to it started off with um with royal marines and then it's been all service personnel and, and first responders it's kind of using jiu-jitsu and sport as a way to keep people sane keep people active and sane basically um and and you've been supporting that and it's been a it's been a it's been a great show of support over the last couple of years but you so you already did martial arts before you're a police officer right yes yeah so I started jiu-jitsu when I was 30 so about six years ago and I hadn't I hadn't really done anything I think I did taekwondo when I was about nine but I don't think that counts. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I wasn't... With respect to all the taekwondo <laughs> people out there, doing a bit when you're nine, it's... Yeah. I was a black belt, obviously. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I used to like going to the gym and stuff. I, you know, I was I had, I had my, my children, so I just did the usual bit of cardio, went running every other day. But I, I always used to, you know, I used to watch the UFC and stuff with my ex-husband, and I used to think, God, I wish I was a badass. You think that is so cool. They are so cool. I'd love I'd just love to do that to feel to feel strong like that yeah and I think that sort of warrior mentality sort of spoke spoke to me but I just did I just wasn't it wasn't who I was I had nothing I had nothing to do with that kind of lifestyle yeah and then when I I got divorced when I was 29 went to my gym I started going to Ippon gym in Bournemouth and they were so lovely and that was it I've just hooked so like you you knew about this is a martial arts gym and you just thought you thought you'd walk in and give it a try is that or did someone yeah well I had I had friends that that had done it and I'd done a couple of like sort of kickboxing classes but I I what I loved about the idea of jiu-jitsu was I'm quite competitive in nature and I don't want to get punched in the face so I was like I don't think I can compete in sort of kickboxing and things like that but with jiu-jitsu with the live sparring at the end of each sort of lesson you know that that person isn't holding back really that if they if it's up to me to tap to to stop what's happening so you can go full hog if you really you know if you really choose to you pick your partners carefully that's what I I, I really liked that I liked the idea of being able to constantly do that to to, to test myself every lesson to, to a sort of a competitive level and if on 
um, had such a good name, Jeff Lawson, who, who is his gym, is, is such such a fantastic teacher and he's a judo black belt as well. So, yeah, so I went in there and I, I remember the, the very first lesson and warming up, they started doing forward rolls. And I was like, I haven't done a forward roll since I was about four, I think. <laughs> yeah, even that, but, yeah. that's hard. That's hard, like, for, for grown-ups to do, to do forward rolls. It's difficult. Know. Yeah, well, it's, it's. I think it's just that kids don't have, don't care about consequence, do they? They're just doing it. It's like, oh, I'll do that. Oh, yeah, they, they don't think I'm going to break my neck. They don't have that. My son, he's nine now. He he will he throws himself to the ground for fun. Yeah. This is. I just watch him then. He's continually throwing himself to the ground, and I'm sort of thinking, oh, oh, <laughs> gonna, that's going to happen. But yeah, it's completely different when you're a kid. You, yeah. But this is one of the good things about jujitsu because it it gets you to do things you wouldn't be doing as a kind of stiff adult yeah, sits definitely. down sits or walks or you know it reminds you that there are things you can still do that maybe you'd given up on like even forward rolls you know it's just yeah, a- forward rolls cartwheels you know you think god I haven't done that since I was tiny and then but just everyone so everyone was so nice and so friendly and that you just didn't, didn't matter I still can't really do a cartwheel but no you know I don't care yeah I do I think my best yeah, I really need to be able to do a cartwheel some of our but, yeah. instructors are really into all that acrobatic stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I'm in my 40s. This is not, this is not. No, it's not the one. Gym. Do you know what I mean? Flick flacks and stuff like that. But I think that's what, what's good about jiu-jitsu is, is it, you, there is a sort of style or a, a game that fits everybody. And, I, you know, what I like is when you find someone that is, you know, on paper the same level as you, but their style is so different to yours that, they're constantly a challenge you know or, or you depending on how the role kind of goes it, it's 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 a challenge for them as well I have a very good friend called Lucy who she's bless her, she's just gone gone up to move to London so I can't train with her anymore she's really leggy and really long up limbs like the complete opposite to me you've, you sort of you're rolling with her and you've got a foot and you think have you got three feet like where's where's this one come from so yeah if you, if you get if you get trapped in a guard or something you, you know it's almost game over whereas I'm quite a pressure I, I'm a pressure player i'd like to squish people so yeah so if i if i get on top then it's game over for her so it's i like having those challenges of different different styles and different body shapes so if you're not particularly acrobatically gifted you, there are you can still succeed in jiu-jitsu you can still but you just take a different path you you know your your instructor will teach you a move and you go no <laughs> this one's not for me i'm not going to be able to do this or you know i'm this isn't effective for me, which once, you know, once you get out of the first couple of years, I think you can you start to recognise about yourself. Um, so, yeah, so that's what I like about it. You, There's lots of different different ways to, to tailor the sport to yourself and your sort of strengths. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do what you can do. Well, I mean, well, Rio gives us very good examples of this because there's tons of people who've got between one and three limbs missing yeah. and all, you know, a half a limb to three limbs missing and yeah just you just adapt you just do what you can do yeah and as and as someone and if you're able-bodied you I mean you don't have to adapt to it to such an extreme level but you, you have to adapt it to you you know you have to adapt it to your size and to your, what your body does mm. you know you if you're you're never going to be one of those sort of super bendy legs no. Or you just have to kind of My legs just aren't long enough. <laughs> yeah, I've got the same. I've got. I've got. The, I've got the same issue. You just have to adapt it to what you can do. Yeah. Although it's quite good when you when you're, when you're in a mount and people are like, "Where's your foot?" And I'm like, "Ha, ah, can't find it. It's tiny." <laughs> <laughs> so by the time you so by the time you became a police officer, you were already quite experienced as a martial artist. 
yeah I was blue belt but like I said I'd had I'd had two years off because of Covid so I had didn't train at all didn't train any jiu-jitsu at all for those for those two years which it was really hard I found it I found it difficult I've I had injury as well I, I um dislocated my kneecap so yes yeah, so I had like two years off and when I came back I was a little bit tentative um, and then it was sort of finding a gym to fit in my new shift pattern because obviously I work shifts so yeah so I, I had a, a little bit of rust that needed knocking off but I think the fundamentals once you've got them with jiu-jitsu they're kind of always always there aren't they what's like like that movement and and it's you've always got that understanding of what people are trying to do even if you can't remember how to counter it even if I can't remember what you know I get to somewhere and I think I don't know what to do now you know or you know you're stuck in something and it takes a little minute and you go I know they're going to try and get to here so I know that I need to do this to stop that Here's a question. So if people who people who don't know jujitsu, and this can be quite off-putting for them, so they look on social media or whatever, and they see kind of people sat on top of each other in compromising positions, and they sort of think, that's not for me. And that is one of the things that's off-putting. But there's a lot more to it than that. But I suppose, from my point of view, you look at all that and you think, well, how how useful is it when you're a police officer out and about to have these skills have you found it's given you an extra confidence or yeah without a shadow of a doubt I mean I wouldn't I don't think I would feel comfortable doing the job I do without the skills that I have I have children that I want to go home to so I want to be as skilled as I can to know I can be as safe as I can in that situation so you know that's why I will always train jiu-jitsu I always will I mean, obviously, we have the police have their own personal safety training um, and that's, you know, that's tried and tested and that's what they like you to use in situations um, that require, you know, a use of force. But that doesn't always happen. You know, you can do as many scenarios in a gym as you like. In the real world, it doesn't work like that. People don't react how you want them to react and things, you know, so they're teachings yes they would be my first sort of go-to but if that's not going to work then I'll, I'll definitely fall back on, on what I know um, and even if you're not sort of using the techniques that you've learned in in jiu-jitsu because you know I'm not going to start really naked choking people on the street in my in my uniform <laughs> that's not going to look good in you know the guardian so I wouldn't do that I think what what jiu-jitsu teaches you which you can take in all aspects of life and especially policing is being comfortable in the uncomfortable I think once you're once you're you know in a heavy pressure side control under a 90 kilo man and you geese over your face, you know, and you get that panic. And it, with time with jiu-jitsu, that's when you, you learn to just stop, breathe, start thinking, which way do I need to turn? Which, you know, what are they going to try and do? Taking that, that confidence and that comfortableness in a horrible situation, it's, that's what I take into policing. So when you've got people shouting at you or you've got, you know, a high stress scenario I can take that right stop breathe what do I know what can I do rather than a, a emotional or a stressed reaction I'm not reacting to it with that I know to take that time so you know it is, it is very different you know because in the jiu-jitsu gym people aren't going to try and bite me or stab me <laughs> so it's whether that you know that's a possibility when I'm at work you know so you have to take those things into account but having that ability to just be be comfortable I'm comfortable with most situations I'm, I'm comfortable to deal with it because I have that that skill that I've learned through jiu-jitsu I'm not going to panic it'll take a lot to panic me um because you know I've I've been in uncomfortable in uncomfortable places so yeah the 
don't get me wrong, there, there's been you know, little arm drags, trips, things like that. They come in handy all the time. And knowing how people, knowing how limbs move, what hurts, what doesn't hurt. I think a lot of people, like members of the public don't, or, you know, new police officers, they don't know that. They don't know how much a wrist lock actually hurts. You know, so when you are restraining someone, I do know I don't need to ram it on, you know, unless unless they are trying to stab me. Yeah, so I think all those little little skills and little, you know, nuggets of knowledge that I have give me a confidence when I'm out doing my job. How often how often does it get to that stage of a bit of grabby, grabby, pushy, pushy on the street? Are we talking like once a week, once a month or? Oh, it, 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 it depends. Yeah, it, every set, every, so you do like a set of shifts, that's how it works. So yeah, most, if, if your sets fall on a Friday, if your night shifts fall on a Friday and Saturday night, it's guaranteed. It's guaranteed, you know, because you're out and about in the in the clubs and stuff like that. So, yeah, you're probably going to have a ruck at some point. <laughs> OK, Mo- and then I guess mostly it's a bit low level and then occasionally it all. Yeah, it's, it's, it's generally, it, yeah, it's, it, most of it's low level. It's just people, people, when people are drunk, it all goes out the window, doesn't it? Any reason, it could be a totally reasonable person that, you know, Monday through thursday they wouldn't ever dream of having a fight with a police officer but you know you you, you stick enough jaeger bombs in them and that's you know, that's all she wrote everyone's ready aren't they after a while oh, yeah, yeah 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 everyone's ready or you know they just don't they just they'll just be obstructive so you're trying to get them in the van that you know put their arms the legs on the doors of the van so you can't get them in again because i'm i'm little i'm quite good at i'll just slip under and just bend their knee i'm like there you are <laughs> in you go <laughs> But yeah, and it's, I think there aren't very many police officers. We we are definitely un, under resourced as far as officers are concerned. So I think having, I know I'm not very big and I know I'm not that good at jujitsu. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a black belt by any stretch, but I know I have enough skill that I'd be able to restrain somebody long enough for somebody else to come. So that would, you know, to keep myself safe, to keep them safe and the public safe. I know that I can do that. And so that's, I think that's what almost leads to me having less confrontation because I go into it calm. You know, they can do all they like. I'm not going to lose my rag and I'm not going to match their level of stress. So they just come down because you just think you can shout and scream all you like because if you come at me, I know I'll be okay, you know, until until my my help arrives. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I asked about this, how useful the skills were and your first answer was about having confidence, which I think is is informative because, yeah, the skills are one thing and obviously the confidence to an extent comes from the skills. Having confidence is, is like a thing in itself, I think, with something like jiu-jitsu because you, don't, you can't know that you're always going to be fine, right? Because mm. every situation has a... Yeah potential to engulf anybody no matter who you are but it's having a confidence to think well okay I've done I've prepared myself correctly I'm doing what I should be doing I'm here because I'm supposed to be here and I'll deal with it as best I can it's that kind of that's exactly right yeah exactly I mean every police officer has a little panic button on the on our radios you've got a little button and that and if you if you hear that go off you drop whatever you're doing and you go and help that officer. Any any situation can has variables and there's there's no way of knowing, there's no real way of knowing how what the out, end outcome is going to be. But like you said, I have the confidence that I, I tread surely in the direction that I need, I know I need to go in and that if if it all does go wrong, 
there I can it can be rectified and you can hopefully get a load of you to come and to come and help but I just think displaying displaying that confidence or or knowing that knowing that I I if it does if someone grabs me I'm not going to worry about it you know and I think that's that's the main thing because I think people that haven't had that physical contact with other humans like you do in jiu-jitsu it's very it's very intimate isn't it it's a very you know the majority of people haven't had someone grab them that they haven't allowed them to do so you know it's it's not usual whereas it, to me it is it is usual they can grab me it's you know we'll, we'll deal with it from there but like I said because of that I think it happens almost less because I don't I don't show I, I don't look like I'm scared yeah because you give off that confidence right mm, yeah have you had, have you had um, times where you've got back after a tough shift and you thought I, I could really have been in physical trouble then if it wasn't for what I know I've I yeah well I've had well no no I haven't the only time that I've sort of thought that was a little bit close was um I went to a domestic incident um and I was on my own I was I was zero one and there was somebody else coming but I, I went to go to go and knock on the door the guy answered with a skateboard in his hand and I was like, oh no, yeah, yeah, pretty he much. Skateboarding. He was yeah. Yeah, you're like, I'm probably gonna, you know, get not have any teeth after this. But yeah, it's but you know, I was able to sort of level drop and just pin him and and push my button until you know until people sort of came. You know, I've asked for, can you get it now? Really? So yeah. So looking back on it, because we always reflect on everything that we do, I probably should have waited for the other guy to get there before I went upstairs. But you know, I wanted to help the people. So, but yeah, and if if I hadn't, you know, that that whole, you know, drop and shoot, if I didn't know if that wasn't a natural thing for me to do because I've drilled it a million times, would I have done that? What would I have done if I didn't know how to do that? I don't know. So you dropped down and you, you shot. Yeah, your, I just shot him into the wall. So, what, so to the same person and do it like some kind of rugby tackle kind of thing. But you, I don't know, or just or just because obviously you've got parva, haven't we? We've, you know, if we've got a bat on and we have our, our pepper spray, we call it parva. Um, whether you do that or not, but my just my initial reaction was that I know I need to close this distance. I know I need to get under him so he can't smack me in the head with a skateboard. <laughs> Is it usual to arrive on your own like that? Um, sometimes, you know, it's it depends on what the call is, and it's it's your it's your discretion, really. I mean, quite often in the day in day shifts, you're crewed on your own. You know, you just go out and, and go to jobs on your own. Obviously, you're working with the information that the control room has. So, what I was going to was just a third party report of an argument. So, you know, this is a neighbour or someone has phoned up to say I can hear arguing next door. So. It, you know, could I have dealt with that on my own? I, I, maybe I, I could have done. It depends on the it completely depends on the situation. But obviously, if if it's something where you know it's it's going to need more than one of you, then if they'd just call two units, or or you'd wait. You'd say, oh, "We'll rendezvous somewhere up the road" or something like that. So they they try not to single crew us, especially on sort of night shifts. But it it can happen. So the skateboard man was he kind of at, on the threshold of his house, or did you did, did you find him around a corner or something? Oh, as I was coming up the stairs, he was sort of coming out of his front door. So I was like, oh no! <laughs> oh, it's a communal stairs in flats, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out his front door. Yeah, but it was just you know it was just all one of those. It was just a poor timing. But then it, you know we managed we did manage to we got him as, as it were. So it all you know it looked. My partner he's he's also a police officer. He sort of always says to me. 
don't go in the door on your own. <laughs> He's like, you don't need to be the first one in the door, Elaine. And I'm like, I do. <laughs> I was going to say, if you like, presumably, if it if it all turns out okay, great. But when you get when you're back at the station and they find out what you've done, are they like, what were you what were you thinking? No, I mean, I'm, they they I'm yeah. Everyone knows what I'm like at the station, so I think they're not surprised if I've bundled in, you know, first through the door of a you know ruck. But um. Yeah, you do, you know, you do come back and like I said, you know, my partner's very much, you know, you should have just waited. You should have, you know, you didn't need to go. You should have just waited, um, which is, he's, he's, he's right. You know, I, I should have, I should have just waited. But there's that part of you that, you know, you don't want to let the bad guy go. No, no, well, good for you. <laughs> Taking down the skateboard, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You said something before, which um, I wanted to ask you about. You, you, you were maybe being polite, but you were talking about the training, the the tried and tested, so the kind of combat training that they do. Yeah. You so to make it clear, you train on in a private. You tra- train for yourself outside of the police, right? So yes. Yes. you mentioned these tried and tested police methods of kind of hand to hand combat. What are they like? Well, they they teach you a whole range of of skills. Um, so so they they teach basic strikes. Um, they teach how to use. You know, we've got our batons. How to use those. You, you know, the the pepper spray as well. The sort of ground work is very minimal, and that was my my only sort of not complaint, but that was my. I don't think they, considering everybody knows most fights go to the ground, don't they? generally most fights go to the ground and I think having an ability of knowing what to do there is the greatest skill you can have and that's you know I, I love jiu-jitsu so that's probably why I'm going to say that but yeah it's, it's very very limited training that you get and so you get that initial training which is two weeks long and then all you do is a refresher every year which is a day so if you're not you know I don't you know you do a couple of scenarios you have to pass a couple of scenarios that are sort of tested and that's it really. And I just think that it needs to be personally for, you know, for I have children that I want to go home to. So I want to be as skilled as I can to know I can be as safe as I can in that situation. So, you know, that's why I will always train jujitsu. I always will to, to keep it up where, cause I just think one, one day a year of, training lots of different things you're practicing handcuffing you're practicing you know like I said like baton strikes and things like that it's not enough it's just not enough in my opinion yeah I mean I think you'd be you'd be hard pressed to argue otherwise because I mean I've I've done martial arts for years and I know personally I, I don't think I'm a particularly quick learner but I, I have to do something a thousand times before it's in any way useful because otherwise if you're having to think about it yeah it's, it's too late so if you if they do two weeks training, you said for yeah that was that's that's the sort of initial initial you can introduce someone to something in two weeks. You know you could go on you could go on a sort of training camp and le- start learning anything for two weeks. But are you really going to be good? No, I mean really? exactly. And so when you you know it is pass or fail, so you do have to pass the scenarios that they that they put out to you. The comments I had on mine were I didn't land any strikes. They said you didn't strike at all. And I said, I was like, well, I've already put you on the floor. So I just didn't see I needed to then hit you. <laughs> you know, I didn't need to then. I, yeah, I just, but then that's because I come from such a grapply background. As far as I was concerned, I'd wrapped him up on the floor. So 
I'm done, you know, problem solved, got it covered. But they were like, oh, you could have landed strikes or you could have used this. And it's so not in my remit because of my jiu-jitsu background. I just immediately, I just don't think about it. I just don't. And so if, if they're expecting me to have taken those sorts of skills away with me, I didn't. <laughs> because like I said it, unless someone's trying to hit me I can't I just I'm probably not going to hit them it's just not which we you know it's definitely a justifiable use of force if if your if your life is threatened or if a member of the public or your your colleagues are threatened then punching someone or kneeing someone is 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 a um, reasonable use of force but it's just not I would always end up going for some sort of takedown that's just it's just the way that I roll <laughs> I think I think you're you you're right to think that, and I think people that do jujitsu know that it's very very effective and safe martial art compared because you don't need to batter someone. You know you can control. Yeah. But my question was after George Floyd, because obviously you know this is not this was a man who's killed not using skills, but by someone mm-hmm. being horribly brutal to him. But it kind of shifted the debate a little bit on anything to do with the net. Yeah. So. We know that you can control someone very safely and you, you, you subdue them. And if, even if they lose consciousness, it quickly comes back. And as long as you're responsible, but for the general public, anything to do with strangulation yeah. is, is, is like, well, hold on there. Yeah, so- you have to be very aware of it. Um, I'm very aware of it. Yeah, it's all, it is all very much perception and all it takes, everybody films everything, which they have the right to do, you know, and we, yeah. we have our cameras and we're, we're filming as well. But all it takes is that snippet, you know, it, it won't show the context of the person, you know, trying to strangle my colleague beforehand or any of those things. It just shows that little, little bit. I think me being a small female officer, I don't, I, you know, I can get probably get away with it, you know, a, a little bit more leeway with what's classed as reasonable force because I might have to exert more more to subdue a bigger person than, than some of my male colleagues appear to need to do but um yeah the next it's kind of out of bounds I, I i treat it as such it'd have to be a very severe scenario for me to to go to the neck i think that the most common things i use are kimuras mm. like kimura everyone everyone everyone's getting kimura. two, arm, two arms you, on that, one arm to people that don't know so and it's yeah yeah so just putting it because that's where you want to cuff them anyway you want to cuff them to the back so if I come in, you know, that's it's generally how, how I'll gain control. And I think you can apply a lot of pressure that hurts and it doesn't look like it does. You know, all, all wrist locks, yeah. you know, it doesn't look like it hurts, but it does. So you can get compliance compliance that way. It's that's, you, I just have to, you, you have to think about it like that because Did as that, much as I know, I'm not going to really hurt someone. I don't, I certainly don't intend to go out to, to, to hurt anyone to that extent. It just look, doesn't look very good. But do you think it would? Do you think it would hold them back from, say, introducing a jujitsu course among the police? Because I know Andy Roberts is a guy we we know in common. Who he's a he's a well known jujitsu instructor, and he goes and teaches courses to police. But same as with the military, there's always a little bit of holding back, and I don't. I'm not sure whether it's because of strangulation related. It could, it, it could be. And I think also any sort of change implemented in the police is like turning a cruise ship. It takes a long time. Um, people are set in their ways. They know, you know, they perceive that, that this works, what they're doing now. So I think the introduction of, of new, new skills is something that they don't necessarily like. 
And I, I think I think jujitsu is becoming such a massive thing now. It's so popular, isn't it? You know, the sort of white belt classes in in the gym are heaving much more so than they were, you know, pre lockdown, yeah. for instance. So it is become people are becoming more aware of it and, and and what it does. But I think you've also got the the elements of society that just they're just not into that. You know, they're, 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 those sort of violent pursuits are not something that 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 they feel comfortable with. And I think the idea of the police officers being trained in it is, isn't something, even though it is completely practical and it should happen, that I, I want my police officers to be able to beat up the people that are trying to hurt me, you know, but they they don't, I think the police are trying to shift away from that perception of, of, of force. And that's why it's not a police force anymore, it's a service. And you do have to wonder whether, you know, it's sort of, it, it is, it's very media led, isn't it? You know, that the media don't pick up on the stories where we save people very often, which we do every day. It's very much the tales of of what they perceive we've done wrong. And officers are often, you know, persecuted in the media because of that. So, yeah, I think I think there's lots of reasons why they're not so keen to, to implement some of the what would be really useful techniques in our in our training. It's a shame, isn't it? Just because of a few brutal people in different parts yeah. of the world you can be deprived of something that could be really useful because i noticed mm. that was you very politely said about the um police techniques they're tried and tested because you can say something's tried and tested but they're not saying it's good you've tried, no. we've tried it we've tested it is it good no but it's no, <laughs> no comment <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> tried tried and tested yeah well i thought yeah. i saw your training videos it looks like you you've got some great technique by the looks of it Oh, thank you. I think I think people don't realize that they, they think of blue belt because you know you, you get your white belt when you start, and so blue belt's the first belt. You yeah, get. it's explaining to the members of the public. They're like, "Oh, what belt are you?" And I go, "Don't worry." Yeah, because I I, <laughs> I, I was a blue belt for a long, long time, and I just remember someone who who'd given up training came into the gym. We'd we'd start at the same time we get to the gym, and he's like, "You're a blue belt. You've been training for like seven years or something." Yeah. So it. One, it doesn't particularly matter. And also you can't compare, you certainly can't compare the belts to um, other martial arts. Not to slag off the Taekwondo again that you mentioned, no. but certain martial arts you can you can get to a black belt in Yeah, well you sort of get you show, showing up is enough, isn't it, really, with, with certain martial arts. And you know, that's I think it's a different I think it's almost unfair to group them all in with jujitsu. I think jujitsu is such a different animal. And I, I sort of, you know talk about this all the time I talk about it at work all the time and I think people are just like shut up woman <laughs> but it's just not the same animal as anything else it's it's so different it's 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 so real isn't it like I said with the sort of live sparring and you can be training with someone that doesn't know what they're doing and and you know like I said you wrap them up and you think this works I know it works because I've done it when on when I've, I've done a, on one of my personal safety training days um I had to be a bad guy which is actually one of my favorite <laughs> thing what? to do bad guy yeah I had to play one of the one of the one awesome. of the um one of our customers and I was like oh customer. I like <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so I, I just I just went out and just literally just inverted immediately and just tripod sweep these two guys and they're on the deck and then the instructors are laughing and I'm laughing and they're like that wouldn't happen in real life and I was like mm-hmm. I think it might. I think it just did. I think it just did happen, didn't it? <laughs> so you're, you're, are you do have you lured lots of other people into training as well? 
Um, so yeah, there's 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 a few guys on my shift that have started training um, since I since I've been there. Um, I think there's there's a gym in Southampton that offers like uh, free or, or, or cheap membership to, to police officers that can go and train sort of off peak times. So a lot of them go there, um, which is really good. So you know, and I've tried to say to them, even if you do it for six months, just do it, just do it. And then you'll have that understanding. You know, you haven't got to fall in love with it like I did. But just to have that, just to have someone on top of you, you know, that's heavier than you and you more desperately want to get out and learning that you don't need to panic, don't need to panic and, and learning people's reactions like, you know, like I need to close this distance or I'm going to get my head kicked in. You know, just those little things are, are, are I think they just are just so necessary in, in what we do. Um, and even from a, from, from a female's perspective, I'd encourage any woman, police officer or not, to, to, to go and at least try it um, just to protect yourself, just so you've got some awareness of what to, of what to do um, if someone's trying to crush you to death, you know. Um, so, yeah, so my, one of my best friends, bless him, he, I, I forced him to go and do the beginner's six-week course at a gym, <laughs> which he did, he did go and do. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's, he's kept it up. <laughs> it's not for everyone. But, no, um, it's, it's one of the. I'm I'm the same. You, it, it goes to the territory. You end up boring friends, family, and colleagues about yeah. it because <laughs> I, I think like I've got a son and a daughter, and my daughter has trained a bit, but um, isn't that into it. And my son's really into it. And I, I've, I've said to my daughter, you know, you do what you want in life, but I think you you should have some basic skills. It's the difference between, you know, like you, you don't necessarily want to be an Olympic swimmer, but you want to be able to swim if you fall into yes. a river. It's, it's that yeah. kind of thing. You don't need to be like a crazed, mangled-eared, jiu-jitsu yeah. person. But again, this this maybe looks like it, it, it contradicts what I said about needing to do something a thousand times. I think you just need to have done enough and be body aware enough of how to... Yeah how to protect your neck, protect yourself, yeah. keep yourself on your feet if you need to be, keep, or the big one is keeping, you talk about closing distance, keeping your distance. Yeah. You have, you have professional reasons to need to close the distance. Sometimes. Yes. The members of the public keep, you know, you, it's learning to keep away as much as. Yeah, de definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've got two daughters and they couldn't be less interested in jujitsu. <laughs> if, if I try, bless them. And I won't force them, but, um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, just, just, I think we all have a level of self, you know, responsibility for our own safety. We all should be responsible for ourselves to a certain extent. And if, if, you know, learning that little skill gives you, gives you a little bit more safety, then why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you, well, you know, not, not that I'm expecting for everyone to go out and get, you know, attacked, but unfortunately, there, especially in what I do, I see it all the time. There are horrible people out there that, that want to do horrible things. So if you just have just a little bit of something that can kick in so you just don't go into panic is, is you know, it's, it's priceless. It's, it's, what, it's what we should, we, we all need to know, really. Yeah, I think so. This, this one lady said to me that I met professionally, she found out I did martial arts. I wasn't trying to sell it to her. She found out and she said, you know, why, why do you want to fight? I have my words. And I was like, well, I have words too. And that's great if they work. But what if, what if they don't? You know, yeah. you're, you're then hoping that that other person wants to chat things through. And again, yeah. it's wonderful if it works out for you like that. But yeah, at work, I am very good at talking and I am very good at talking people down. And I can kind of read people to see 
you know, what mask I need to wear to try and get this person's on side. But there are a lot of people that they just do not care. They're not listening to me. They don't care. They're going to do what they want to do or they're going to try and hurt someone. That's the end. So, yeah, I will always try and talk someone down before anything else, which I'm quite good at doing. But if you if that doesn't work, the same I am still that same consequence. So I still then I'm going to have to take it to the next level, which is going to be I'm going to need to put them down and put them on the floor. You know, and that's that's that. So, yeah, it's, it's very good to have both aspects. It's very good to have the ability to communicate with people, but not everybody wants to communicate with you. So, you you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to know what to do after that. Yeah, I think it's the, the misconception that it'll, it'll make you want to fight more. So, you know, because you, you yeah. can't fight, you want to. Whereas really, 99% of the cases, it's completely the opposite. People Definitely. get fighting out on the mat and, and they don't want to fight on the street because... Well, they've learned that they can't beat everyone for a start. They've learned yeah. that, they're, that, that that whilst you enhance your skills, there are limits to them. And again, yeah. you, you know, you're heavyweight champion of the world. You, you know, you can get stabbed in the back. There's no kind of, there's no kind of totally invulnerable level you can get to. Everyone's got soft skin. You know, everyone can be everyone. And concrete is really hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I reminded myself that I fell off my bike, and it, it and, and it's amazing how how short of a distance you have to fall to the concrete for it to hurt. You yeah, know? yeah. It's yeah, not, so. you know, it's not, you don't bounce around like in a cartoon. No. It hurt when you hit them, you know. Yeah, knee, knee, knee shoots are to be avoided when you're on the pavement. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> avoid, avoid scraping that pavement. Yeah. yeah. Was, it's, been, it's been fantastic talking to you and it's really, it's really nice to have first police officer on and hear what it's like on the hopefully not too mean streets. No, <laughs> not now I'm on them. <laughs> no, exactly. I've cleared it up. There's no more crime. We're all right. <laughs> Perfect. Elaine Cook, thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Thank you.